You're listening to Mitnick's Monthly Brushstrokes, a podcast on the art of outsmarting, the fun part that sets you apart. I'm Keith Mitnick, author of Don't Eat the Bruises. For more information, visit keithmitnick.com or email me. It's kmitnick at forthepeople.com. Hello, everybody. I'm going to pick up where we left off last time. Last time I shared with you a, a brand new Vordire question to deal with this issue of the backbone of a personal injury lawsuit in which jurors are supposed to be assessing full value for what was taken in the way with health and that some people just can't get behind that um, and don't buy it. They think it's a money grab. And other people think it makes sense and they're going to get behind We shouldn't just let it go by the wayside. Even though the money for a permanent injury won't fix it, we still ought to recognize it. So we covered that. And in there, I mentioned a fundamental part of that is we have to set it up with an analogy at the front end that will teach jurors in a snap of a finger, lightning quick, how subtle bias can have a profound impact in spite of the best effort to put us aside, even though they're fair people and they intend to do the right thing, it's just not that easy to set it aside. I'm going to build that a quick, I'm not going to do the full-blown uh, version of how we do that. I'm going to do a very, very abbreviated version here just because it fits into something that is brand new. So I'm going to go back in time and give you a quick pie analogy in the midst of this new process. And it's something I'm excited about because it dawned on me during this shutdown and where I've had more time to really sink in mentally on broad pictures instead of case-specific issues because I haven't been having a trial a week because trials haven't been happening. And one of the revelations that I had on a beach walk was that, you know, we think of trials. Most people think of trials as being really a battle over facts. And while there's certainly cases that are, everything is disputed in the facts, the vast majority of cases, if you think about it, really are more battles over conclusions from facts of which most of the facts are agreed upon. Even things like, is it a permanent injury or not? You can call that a fact. Or is it a herniation or a or just a sprain strain, but those are really conclusions from the evidence, from the fact that that's evidence, but it is the facts that their expert looks at versus what our treating doctor looks at in a car crash. It's the same facts. They're the same facts. They're just opposite conclusions. One of them very reliable and one of them not at all. So really the vast majority of cases are battles over conclusions, not facts. So that, I went, wow, that seems obvious, but I hadn't thought about it, which led me to thinking, what a great way to undo one of the biggest ways defense lawyers or sometimes judges will try to undo valid challenges for cause that really ought to be granted because someone has expressed and acknowledged they have bias 
and you have tied it to your local case law and it's a rock solid challenge and you're not, you know, trying to run fair jurors off. You're trying to get a level playing field, but some folks, the other side wants, doesn't want a level playing field. They think they've got a right to bias jurors. So I realize pointing out to the jury that this is really more of a battle over conclusions than a battle over facts was a great way for them to instantly understand how their leanings could have an impact. It's not as simple as I'm going to listen to the evidence. And if you frame it right, you can take away their favorite, what we all call rehab. I don't, it's not really rehab. It's try, their effort to extract a statement on the record that will allow a biased juror to stay on your jury. So there's not a fair trial. And what is their favorite thing they love to do? They love to say, well, yes, ma'am, but I heard you say you have these feelings and because of that you got a leaning of the mind or you don't stand completely neutral or, or you know, in Florida they have a strike against you. And I, I heard all that. But I want to make sure because I thought there might be some confusion and I'm not sure there was a clear understanding. And the way Mr. Mitnick was asking those questions, I just want to be sure. Because this is the ultimate question. Can you listen to the evidence? Yes. And can you assure the court you can base your decision on the evidence and the law that he gives and follow the law and base your decision on evidence? Yes. And can you be, you know, so you can bring back a fair jury, fair verdict, in spite of these things you were talking about and feelings. Everyone's got feelings about things. That doesn't exclude you. Would that be right? Yes. You know, and then they say, well, said you could be fair, base your decision on the evidence. And, it, you know, in some jurisdictions that works, and some it doesn't. But, you know, depending on who the judge is and what time of day it is and whether you got to bring new jurors up, you know, you can get someone buying into what is really – not rehab, it's just gamesmanship to get an unfair advantage. So I realize this concept that is new to me of it's more of a, uh, more of a, a battle over conclusions than evidence really, really makes it hard to pull that one off. And it helps the jurors. So I want to run through it real quick. And it goes something like this. I'm, I'm now going to convert to talking to the jury. And I'm dealing with in advance, early on when I'm asking my questions, I'm already laying the groundwork for putting an end to this nonsense of somehow you're biased and hate these kind of cases and don't trust them, but you'll listen to the evidence and base your verdict on the evidence, and that somehow makes it okay to leave them on. I want to put that to bed. So we're going to start at the beginning. It goes like this. Most people think trials are about two sides arguing over the facts. It may surprise you, but most of the facts in this case aren't disputed. So why do we need you? Because opposite conclusions can be reached from the same facts. Feelings people have against a particular kind of case or parts of it can impact their conclusions, no matter how hard they try not to let it happen. It's human nature. Some evidence may be given more or less weight because of those pre-existing feelings. Let me give you an example. 
in a criminal case. This is not a criminal case, but if it was in a criminal case, a juror who doesn't trust the police may tend to believe them less than someone who doesn't feel that way, even though the evidence would be exactly the same. It'd be the same testimony. It's the conclusion about believability that can be impacted. Or still, one more example in a criminal case. If a juror had been a victim of an assault in the past, in all honesty, they may have a hard time not looking at the defendant through the lens of their own experience if the case was a criminal assault and battery trial. It may just be asking too much for them to be completely fair and impartial under those circumstances. Even though they're going to base their decision on the evidence, their conclusions may be very different because they may be impacted by those feelings or experiences. Does that make sense, folks? Does anybody understand what I'm getting at? Okay, let me give you a let me give you a simple analogy that doesn't involve the law. And then I got some questions for you. Now I'm moving into the pie analogy. And it goes like this. If we were having a competition to see, and by the way, I was just talking to you. I'm now I'm going to do it like I didn't break to give you a little uh, side talk. Back to the jury. Here's a simple analogy that doesn't involve the law. If we were having a competition to see who had the best pies, and it was down to two pies, and one of them was apple and one of them was cherry, and I was randomly picked out of the audience to be the judge, and it just so happens I'm not crazy about cherry pie. Does everyone agree the only right thing for me to do would be to reveal that to the contestants and let them decide what to do with it? And everybody will say yes. Likewise, does everyone agree that in addition to revealing it, I need to be honest with myself and not sugarcoat the potential impact it might have on me in spite of my best effort to put it aside? Not that I would take some wonderful succulent pie that was happened to be filled with cherry and a dried up sorry pie that was apple pie and I throw it over the filling. I wouldn't do that. But when it isn't so extreme and things get a little closer, when I bite into that cherry pie, my lip curls a little. I'm just wired that way. I can't assure folks I can put that aside. So does everyone agree not only would the right thing be to be to reveal it to the contestants, but also to be honest with myself and not sugarcoat the potential impact it might have on me in spite of my best effort to put it aside? And they're going to all say yes. And then you just follow up briefly with, by, if I were to say to the contestants, I can't assure you I could be completely fair and impartial under the circumstances. I cannot assure you my decision would be based solely on the evidence of the pies because my feelings in my, about the pies may come into play on top of it. Would anyone think if I just said that honestly, the contestants, that that would make me a dishonest or unfair person or, or a weak-minded person? And they're all going to say no. And I say, okay, because, you know, I'd be better off down the hall judging chili. I pretty much like all the chili. And they'll all chuckle. And, and you don't need to use chili and pies. Use whatever's the truth for you. I'm now talking to you again. But they get it. They instantly get. That's how subtle bias can have a profound, unintentional impact on the fairest-minded, strongest-minded person. And then you move into, now this case got nothing to do with anything as lighthearted as pies, this is about a personal injury lawsuit in a car crash or a med mal or a product liability or whatever it happens to be. And I need to ask you about it. Some people have feelings against personal injury type lawsuits. 
whether it be philosophical, um, political, something they experienced, something they read, something they heard, some distrust. They think they're bad for America, bad for a lot of reasons. For whatever reason, they got a level of distrust, dislike, some feelings against. How many of you? And then you come back and want to know because of those feelings, how many would say, in all honesty, I couldn't assure the court I could be completely fair and impartial. I do my best, but I cannot assure the court I could put it aside in spite of my best efforts. Now you've established cause. And then you say, how many of the rest do you feel like that? You get more hands. You go to them and establish cause. And very quickly, lightning quick, you're getting a fair jury from a pool that had a bunch of folks that probably were going to be ringers for the defense, even though they're good people. All right, that's that. But I want to come back now. I want to come back to this revelation about cases being more battles over conclusions than battles over facts. Because you follow up with the jury. I'm coming right back to the jury with this. After I've given the pie example, I roll right into this. Before going in to establishing cause on case-specific issues. This is the final wrap-up to the pie thing that gets inserted in there. I finish the, you know, maybe I'm better off down the hall judging chili. I, I, I pretty much like all the chili. Because, folks, does everyone understand, while the facts are the facts, my feelings about cherry pie, in all honesty, may come into play. Back to you. If it's a jurisdiction where may is not enough, then say, but my feelings about cherry pie, in all honesty, will come into play, too. I would not ignore the facts, but facts are the beginning, not the end of the process. And my feelings against cherry pie are likely to impact my conclusion. I call it the evidence plus reality of how the human decision-making process works when there's conflicting evidence and one side's evidence starts out behind and the other one has a leg up. Does everyone understand? Yes. Then I would say, okay, this case isn't about something as light-hearted as pie. Now, now, I want to take that forward and give you a piece to protect against rehabilitation. You've laid that groundwork at the front end. They all understand this concept of evidence plus. Evidence plus meaning, of course, I'm not going to stick my fingers in my ears and ignore the evidence. Of course, I'm going to base my decision in part on the evidence. But it's going to be evidence plus my feelings coming into play like a pie chart, maybe is 75% or 80% or 90% evidence. But there's going to be a sliver where those feelings have an impact in addition to it because we're talking about a dispute over conclusions, not the facts. So with that background, they're ready for you to head rehabilitation off. So at the very end, I'm going to show you how to deal with all of that to head off rehab. But before I do, we're going to end this session because I like to keep these things fairly short. We'll have a little suspense here. This will get you to tune into the next one. I'm going to roll into the next one is how you take all of that foundation and plop it into the last words you're going to say to this jury before you sit down that is going to frustrate 
the other side or anyone who is more concerned about keeping jurors ought not be there than a fair trial. So I'll see you next time. I can't wait to finish the circle on this. I promise it'll be worth tuning back in. Y'all have a good day. 